In the most recent General Conference, President Nelson invites us to embrace a new normal. A new normal that would have us turning our hearts, minds, and souls increasingly to our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. In this episode, we take a detailed look at a group of people who did just that, who turned their lives to Christ, and what happened as a result. How did their lives and their children's lives, even their grand and great-grandchildren's lives, change because of their decision to come unto Christ? Join us as we uncover the secret to lasting conversion, a new normal that will change you and the lives of your loved ones for generations to come. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast, where our mission is to help you, the intentional parent, to teach your children in such a way that they can personally experience the power of Jesus Christ while still at home. Welcome, everybody. My name is Lindsay Jensen, and I'm here with my mom and co-host, Leslie Johnson. Hi, everybody. Well, mom, what question do we want to talk about today? You know, I have been reading in the Book of Mormon, and I would really love to talk about what happens as we have personal experiences with Christ. Um, I think all of us if that are doing the Come Follow Me study together uh, recently have been reading in 3rd Nephi where it talks about Christ appearing to the Nephites. And um, I love this part of the Book of Mormon. And I think that as we look at it carefully, we'll be able to answer this question that I posed today of what can happen when we have a personal experience with Christ. Mm, yeah, that's kind of fun. That's, I think, something that you and I have talked about, well, or at least we're thinking about a lot, right? How do we have personal experiences with Christ ourselves? And then really what this podcast is about is helping our children have those personal experiences, right? Right. Um, but I think along with that today, I think we want to we want to talk about our children, but also about ourselves because there's no way that we can really help our children have those experiences if we haven't had them ourselves first, right? That's absolutely right. And But what's so exciting about this is that as I read the, these experiences in the Book of Mormon, it gives me a vision, it gives me an idea of what can happen as we have these, uh, these personal experiences with Christ. You know, these people, after having these personal experiences, for generations, this group of people were followed Christ. They lived in a state of peace and happiness. And I thought, this is what happens as we can have personal experiences with Christ. It can affect us. It can affect our children. It can affect our children's children for generations to come. It can make a positive difference in our conversion to the Lord, which to me is just so exciting. It really is exciting for me. <laughs> that's true. It is. No, that's so true. It is very exciting. And because, yeah, think of all the, the impact it can have by focusing on your personal relationship with the savior i think that's great so what um what happened mom what made you think of this or what's well so what yeah happened in the book of Mormon? let's just start by reviewing the story so we can kind of all get on the same page um if you remember the um the people of the book of mormon have just gone through three days of terrible destruction no um light earthquakes tempests storms of all sorts um and this is just 
now stopped and a great multitude of people have gathered around the temple in the land, in the land of Bountiful. And they're talking and discussing about the events that have just happened. And it's as they're talking and discussing um, about these things that they hear a voice from heaven. And at first they don't understand that voice, but as they quit talking and as they start concentrating, they open their ears and they turn their eyes toward the heavens um, and they really start concentrating on what's being said. They hear Heavenly Father say to them, Behold my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And then Jesus comes. He descends from heaven and he introduces himself as the one who had been prophesied would come to save the world. So he actually, this is quoting from the from 3 Nephi 11. He says, Arise and come forth unto me, and thrust your hands into my side, and fill the prints of the nails in my hands and feet, that ye may know that I am the God of Israel, and have been slain for the sins of the world. And it came to pass that the multitude went forth, and thrust their hands into his side, and did fill the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do, going forth one by one, until they had all gone forth, and did see with their eyes, and did fill with their hands, and did know of a surety, and did bear record that it was he of whom it was written by the prophets that should come. And when they had witnessed for themselves, they did shout Hosanna, and did fall down and worship him. Okay, I don't know about you, but that to me is so powerful. Um, but let me ask you, Lindsay, what what did you learn from this event or this story? Well, one of the things that stands out to me most about that story that I appreciate is this idea is that it was individual, right? That they came one by one and they did all go forth. I think you know my personality is such that I often will stand back. I don't let other people do it. Like I don't necessarily always feel the need to be the one to go try something or see something or do something. Mm -hmm. um, but Christ wanted everyone to come. He wanted everyone to have that personal experience. Um, and, and I love that idea that, that everyone went up there. And if you keep reading, you find out that there's, there's like 2,500 people there, 2,500 people. And I remember learning in seminary that, um, you know, if you just assume five seconds a piece, which really is not that long, um, but five seconds times 2,500 people ends up being like three and a half hours. Right? Can you imagine? Like, it's like three and a half hours that people are just going up and just, you know, getting to know him, feeling his hands and feet and his side and and getting to know the Savior. And that, um, that individual nature was so important to the Savior that like he wanted them to know for themselves to come and have that, that moment, just him and that that one person to know. And um, I love that idea. I, to me, that is so powerful. I mean, when you think about that, and really five seconds, it probably in actuality was longer than that. But he stood there and let each person come to him and know for themselves that he was who he prophesied, who he said that he was, and who had, prophets had prophesied would come. And to me, as I think about his patience and his love to allow each individual person to do that, it just really touches my heart that he realized 
there was nothing in it for him. There was nothing in it for him other than he was helping us come to know him because he knew that was how we would change our lives. As he knew that that was what would make a difference for us to change and to make it possible for us to return to him. That was the only reason that he had for the sacrifice that he made for us. So mm-hmm. um, what how, what does that mean to you, Lindsay, that, that he would take that time just so you could get to know him? You know, I've been... I've been feeling this urge recently that I can know the Savior personally, more intimately than I have. Um, but I've been feeling this urge that you know, He does want me to know Him, and that He will show His power to me, and that He will help my children come to know Him. Right? This idea that Jesus does want me to come and to know Him and my children is something that I'm working on. Um, but you know, as I pay attention to that, I do feel his love. I do feel his guidance. Um, I know that it takes practice. Like it takes practice to feel those things. Um, sometimes I don't notice them right away, but that when I do stop and I ponder, I do notice his hand in my life. And I do feel him there saying, come, let me show you. Let me show you. Come, ask me, come feel me and I will show you my power. Um, you know, and, and I, anyway, I love this idea. I love that he's trying to tell me that. And, um, you know, in this podcast, our goal is to help, you know, our children get come to know that, to feel that same urge and to have those personal experiences and then to help others have those personal experiences. That's, that's really, what I think, what we're trying to do with this podcast. And I just feel that urge for myself and for others more fervently recently. The Lord really is saying, come, let me personally help you and come get to know me. Well, and you know, the thing of it is, is that as we're talking about this, the thing that really stands out to me is that he's saying, come to me. He's waiting. He's wanting us to come to him um, because he knows that the more experiences we have to see and fill him, the more we'll come to know who he is and what he's done for us. But he's waiting for us to make those first steps. He's not going to chase us down. He's not going to lasso us and pull us back in and say, no, you have to to come to me. You have to know me. Um, it's a choice that he's giving us. He is. He will wait patiently for however long it takes for each one of us to come to him. He will be there and he will welcome us when we get there, but he will not chase us down. And I think that um, for me, that's important to learn that that I have to put forth the effort. And as I do so, um, the blessings that come will be immense. Um, so I, I maybe just want to share a personal experience that I have had in my life as I have tried to, to come to him and to, um, fill of his love. So I remember, um, I think that most of you know that I have a child with a disability and my, my second child, just younger than Lindsay was born with cerebral palsy. And, um, when he was young, I studied very hard about what to to do for my child with a disability. I felt like um, I was responsible for what he was going to get out of this life, and I needed to work very hard at making sure that he got the most out of life that I could. And so I came across a program that really resonated with me. It was called Conductive Education. And this uh, program talked about um 
rewiring the brain to so that kids could learn to use their bodies um, the way that most kids just naturally learn to crawl and walk and move. Um, these kids have to actually be taught the the brains, uh, the pathways are are broken and they're they don't necessarily automatically uh, learn these things. And so, anyway, I studied this conductive education and I I found that it was really hard work and it was slow progress, but um, the principles of it I was I was very interested in. Well, when Jacob was about four, we um, moved to Boston. And my husband was going to school in Boston. And Boston was the medical mecca of the country, right? So they had a children's hospital that was on the cutting edge of all the newest and most progressive treatment plans that there were available in the country. And I started taking him to some therapists and they were prescribing things and suggesting um, therapy methods that were not compatible with the um, conductive education principles that I had been learning. And they made such good arguments. I mean, these guys were trained. These were professionals that were like on the, on the progressive side and the most um, cutting edge, like I said, and their arguments were really strong. And I remember after one particular therapy session, just driving home in the car in tears and just praying to Heavenly Father saying, Heavenly Father, I don't know what is right. I will do whatever is the right thing to do. I just don't know what's right. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if the conductive education is right. I need to know what's right so that I can choose to do the right thing for my son. And just really um, so, so concerned and so really wanting to know uh, what was right. And as I'm sitting there with tears streaming down my face, this, this, um, feeling of peace washes over me. And I hear this voice in my head and it says, aren't you glad that you know where to find truth where it really matters? Now, that didn't really answer my prayer as to which one of these two programs I should choose. But what it did was give me peace and help me know that my Heavenly Father loved me, that He had heard my heartfelt prayer, that he knew that what I was struggling with was hard and real, but he helped me put things in eternal perspective. And when I had that eternal perspective, I realized that maybe it didn't matter which one I chose. Um, what really mattered was that I stayed true to the principles that I knew were true and where I knew where to find them. And that gave me confidence to to move forward. So for me, that was an example of the Lord taking time to help me know that he is the Savior of the world, that he is there, that there are eternal truths whereby I can live my life and how blessed I am to know those eternal truths. I love that story, Mom. I think that's that's a great example of, like you said, just Christ being there. And sharing his love and his peace that he provides. Because um, he really can provide peace, even if the things don't go away. Even if he doesn't solve, like the problems aren't, haven't gone away, they're not necessarily solved. He does give peace and courage to continue. Right. Um, 
I have an example of that right now in my life, right? Happening right now. Um, last week, no, this week, a couple of days ago, three or four days ago, um, my three-year-old was and seven-year-old both were out jumping on the trampoline and my three-year-old um, kind of collapsed and just burst into tears. And I ran outside and was like, oh, anyway, asking what's wrong. And, and she couldn't, she couldn't move her leg. And I thought, oh no. Because just six months ago, she was out jumping on the trampoline and she had broken her leg and she was in a cast for six weeks. Um, and then it still took another couple of days after that before she could walk. Like it was, it was a long road, right? This was just for conference last time. And I was like, are you kidding me? Right now, again, before conference, she's broken her leg again. And I just was kind of in denial. <laughs> it's like, there's like, I can't do it. I cannot deal with this right now. I can't ever, you know, I can't deal with this right now. And um, I didn't necessarily get that peace right away, but I remember praying and just being like, Father, help us. Give her strength. Give me strength. You know, help us, help us deal with this. And the, and the very next morning is, and, and I didn't, I didn't take her to the doctor that day because I was like, you know what? Heal her. She'll be okay. Like, I know that you can heal her. I can't bring her, anyway, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. Um, And, and actually my daughter she she wouldn't stand on her leg but she was very happy she didn't complain like she was very very pleasant and i thought okay you know we're she's not desperate she's um she's totally fine other than she just won't walk on her leg but she's i mean she's happy she's content she's playing with her sisters so i wasn't i wasn't terribly worried but um i just was exhausted and my inside was in turmoil and the very next morning um even before my daughter broke up or woke up and because I kind of knew Scott and I had talked about it. Like when she woke up, you know, if she still wasn't daring to do anything with her leg, we were going to take her into the doctor and we like, we'd, we'd take her in today and, and deal with it today. And I remember reading in my scriptures um, about this time, about when Christ called people up to him to experience him, um, you know, and then he teaches them for a while. And then he calls the sick, he says, bring any sick to me and let me heal them. And he goes and he heals them each one by one individually and then he calls the children up and he blesses the children. And as I'm sitting there reading this, I think I just am praying, God, I know that you have power to heal her. Please help heal her leg. I cannot deal with another broken leg right now. And he says, and if not, if you choose not to, because I know that sometimes that's what happens. Give me the strength to deal with it. Help me to know how to deal with it. And um, And that was kind of it. And I still a little bit in turmoil, but um, with confidence that they're ready, ready enough to go throughout the day to do what I had to do that day. Um, and I had actually asked my husband for a blessing the day before to help me, and there was there was some guidance in that blessing that was really helpful. But um, I just anyway. So we just this is just a couple of days ago, just struggling, and I take her to the doctor that day, and they say, "Yep, you're right. She's not putting any pressure on it." Um, but like they would touch it, they would like push her leg and they'd twist her leg and her foot and um and she wouldn't complain like she never complained never winced like she wasn't in pain unless she was standing so they didn't really know this is it could be broken so they sent us to go get x-rays so we go get x-rays we go back to the doctor to look at the x-rays and um and they, they can't see anything in the x-rays they say we don't see anything that's broken it is true that sometimes um there's a fracture or something that we can't see especially in these kids bones it's just hard to see if she's still not putting, we'll wrap it with an ACE bandage and she's still not putting pressure on it in a week, then come back and we'll, 
take the x-ray again because oftentimes it's actually a lot easier to see where the bone is fusing, where it's healing. You can see that in the x-rays easier than you can see the crack itself. So they sent us home. And so after all day at the doctor, um, I went home and still didn't really have an answer of whether it was broken or not or what we were going to do. It was just kind of like, well, just keep waiting it out. Keep doing what you've been doing. Um, so we did. And so then yesterday, so this is now two days after she's broken her leg yesterday, um, I was carrying her around all morning everywhere. But then about lunchtime, like I see her stand up and she's like, mom, look, I'm standing. And she's mostly putting, I mean, she's mostly just using her one leg for balance. Um, you know, and then an hour later, I see her take a couple steps and she like walks to the kitchen to go get herself some food really slowly, very limpy like, but I just all of a sudden felt this wave of like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like, even if it's a little bit, like, even if it's broken, even if we do end up like, we haven't solved this problem, we're still in the middle of it, but it's going to be okay. And I felt like Jesus was starting to heal her and that he was answering my prayer. And I don't know how bad it was. I don't know how miraculous per se that this, this process is, but to me, he's answering my prayer and he's saying, be patient, come to me, bring her to me. I will help her. I can help her. And it may not always be immediate. <laughs> like we sometimes want it to be immediate, but looking back, I can say, no, he's there and he's helping us and he is starting to heal her and I'm having strength and we're still here recording this podcast. We're able to get it in <laughs> um, <laughs> despite my whole week blowing up. Right? <laughs> Being like, okay, everything's been turned on its head. Um, Christ is there. Christ is there. And um, anyway, and so that's been my, my personal experience this week is that that back and forth of like, no, the... I'm not going to, like, it's it's not an immediate healing, but it, she's working on it. She's getting a lot better each day. She can do more than the day before, and and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for that. You know, I think that that is, you know, as we come to recognize God's hand in our lives, um, that is what happens is that we feel that gratitude and we begin to see more opportunities where God has has helped us and I think that that is you know that is part of coming to Christ is learning to recognize where his hand is in our lives and being grateful for that so I think that that's a, a great story and like you say it doesn't have to necessarily be um, immediate but as we see those tender mercies and those small little things um it does bring us closer to, to Christ and to our heavenly father. So, so let's go on. I mean, that was, that was the um, experience of the, the adults that were there in that multitude. But as we know, there were also children in that multitude. And so the, the story continues. So um, later in chapter 17, um, Jesus has been teaching the multitude all day long. He's been going through the, Beatitudes and he's getting apostles and he's doing all of these things and he's tired and he's ready to be done for the day. And as he turns to leave, he perceives that the multitude wants him to stay. And Christ shows compassion on the multitude and he commands them to bring their children to him. And 
you know, I, I just thought that was an interesting choice of words as I read that. It said, he commanded them to bring their children. So the parents bring their children and they set them down round about him on the ground. And he commands the parents again to kneel down. Once again, he uses that word command. And I don't know if that's just the the verbiage that the author chose, but to me, it stood out to me that he commanded them to do this. And then Christ himself kneels down and he offers a prayer so wonderful and marvelous that it cannot be recorded. And and then he does for each one of these children the same thing that he did for each of the parents. He ministers to them. He blesses them one by one. Verse 21, it says, And he took their little children one by one and blessed them and prayed unto the Father for them. I am just so touched by, again, I mean, he's had this really long day. He already spent several hours letting the adults come to know him by touching him and seeing his um, handprints or his the nail prints in his hands and feet. And then he heals their, you know, he teaches them and he institutes the 12 apostles and he um, brings the sick and the afflicted. And then he says, bring me your children. And once again, he takes the time to one by one bless them. So this experience is just so individual for each of these people. But let's think about for a minute, you know, we talked about it earlier, but Lindsay, what did this personal experience with the living Christ do for these people? You know, mom, it's, they, those personal experiences, it changed their whole world around, right? They went from not trusting anyone, right, be, right before all that darkness comes, we, we learned how they all went into their own individual family and tribes and like, there was no central government anymore. They were all by themselves. And now they're together like they're working together it says that there's no contentions there's no rich there's no poor and for like four generations it's this right of just this most wonderful peaceful joyous time um right and i think that that's that's so cool that's so critical that that experience changed them to the core but not that it changed the direction of their family for for generations, right? Mm-hmm. For their children, for their ch- grandchildren, their great grandchildren, and beyond that, it changed for so many people. Um, you know, Mama, I was talking to someone just the other day, and she was telling me how she says, "You know, I grew up in a gr- good family. Um, my husband too. We grew up in a good family, but we didn't have personal scripture study or family scripture study, and I don't know." But I want more for my kids. I want to do it for my kids and I don't know how to do it. But I want to help them reach that potential. I want to provide more for them. Anyway, and that that was kind of the deal with it, what she said. And I, I thought that was so profound. I thought that was so great. Um, you know, we don't have to feel bad for what we haven't done in the past. Christ did not condemn these people at all for going off and living on their own, right? He was not mad at them. He just said, come, let me show you something even better. Let me show you. Come here. This is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Look at what I did for you. And and I guess I just think, you know what? We can do that. We can 
help our children. We can have ourselves come to know Christ. We can help our children come to know Christ. And it will affect our families for generations to come. We can be that strong link that just strengthens them and strengthens us. And and that's exciting. That is so exciting. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, the scriptures say that there could not have been a happier people among all the people who had been created by the hand of God. I mean, it, and and it wasn't just those people, but it was their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and their great-great-grandchildren. I mean, it made a difference for generations to come. And as I look at that, and, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about, Lindsay, in, in these podcasts is trying to make these scriptures personal. And so for me, as I read that story, I personalize it to say I can have the same effect, not I, because it's, it's not my doing. All I can do is bring my children unto Christ, right? But as I bring my children unto Christ and I bring myself unto Christ, they can have these experiences and these experiences can help them change their lives and and have the same experience that these people had in becoming converted unto Christ. And that's that's what I can do as I can think like I can have a difference on my family and on my grandchildren and on my great grandchildren as I help figure out how to bring them unto Christ. Um, so I love that imagery, mom. So you're saying like to you personally, you read about how Christ commanded the parents to bring their children and you can go and you can take your child and lay him at his feet and let him do the work while you stand back. And your that your role is to just to help bring him there, to give them the confidence, to lead them, to follow your example, right? Because those adult, those parents already had that experience. And I, and I think the, the kids probably came too, but the parents had that experience with Christ. And now, and the kids saw their parents have that experience with Christ. And now the parents are taking them to Christ again so that they can continue to have their own experiences. I, I love that vision that I can do that too. I can help bring my kids to the Savior. Yeah. Um, and so and that it's him that'll do it. Go ahead. So, well, I was just going to say, so that verbiage of commanding, Jesus commanded the parents to bring their children. I think that that's what, to me, that's what he's telling you. Bring your children to me. I, You don't have to convert your children. That's that's my job. All I ask is that you bring them to me. And then what I want you to do is I want you to get down on your knees and pray. Pray that your children will fill the Spirit. Pray that you will come to understand what you can do to give these experiences to your children. Pray for their um, conversion. Pray for your own conversion. Um, and then let God do the work. Um, he is the one that gave each child their own blessing one by one. He is the one that ministered to them and taught them and as parents, sometimes we feel like like it's our job to do all of this. Um, but I believe that that our job is is mostly just to to bring them to to create these experiences where they can come to know Christ for themselves, and that's so the key. So, I I, I agree. What do what does it look like, Mom, for us now in this time period without Christ physically being here? 
what does it look like to bring our children to Christ's feet? Well, I think that that's, have those experiences. that's the great question because um, I believe it's all of these things that we talk about in these podcasts. It's all, it's the, it's the way that we teach, right? It's the, the, the scripture study that we have and teaching our kids to personalize the scriptures to themselves. It's teaching our kids to recognize the Holy Ghost that as we are teaching and we've held the, the spirit with us to, to stop and say, right now I'm feeling the spirit tell me that what we're learning is true and to help them recognize that. Um, other experiences that we can give our children is to, to pray with them, to pray for them and with them so that they have that opportunity to, to come to Christ. I think, um, as well, mom, I'll, I'll, I'll give that example right now is that that's one of the things that Brookie and I did when she hurt her leg, right? And we kneeled down together and prayed that God could help heal her. Um, and that was a tender experience to have together, her and I just praying for her. Um, and then Scott giving her a blessing, right? We asked Scott to give her a blessing. Um, and that was a tender experience, right? Um, so I, yeah, I love so those experiences. And, and then I would, I would add to that, that, so you are having this experience right now that you're recognizing that God is answering your prayer with Brookie. And I would challenge you then to make sure that Brookie understands that God is answering your prayer right now. Because sometimes we forget that while we see what God is teaching us, we sometimes forget that maybe our children, maybe they're seeing it, but maybe they're not. But to take that time to point out to them, look, Brookie, you're walking today. You couldn't walk yesterday. Do you think Heavenly Father's answering our prayer that we gave? And help them recognize and make those connections as to what's happening now and to what, you know, based upon the the prayer that you that you gave. I think that that is a wonderful way to help our, bring our children to have those experiences and to make those connections. I love that point. That's so true that sometimes, you know, we feel <laughs> that it takes so much effort sometimes on our end to recognize what's happening that we feel really good about that. Like, oh, I'm seeing his hand. I'm so glad I can see his hand. But then forgetting that next step of helping our children see it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right, and have that experience. I think that's a really, really good point to um, to make sure that we share those things with our children. Yeah, I think that that's an awesome way to to help them experience crisis. We help them see those connections. Um, and and then just to remember that our children are are God's children. He wants them to succeed. He wants you to succeed. And as we um pray to align our will with God and pray to understand how to help our children experience his power in their lives, that he will answer those those prayers just as he answered my prayer with what to do with Jacob. And just as he answered your prayer uh, with Brookie, he will answer our prayers because he wants us to have those experiences, right? He's waiting there asking us to come. And if we're confused and not knowing exactly how to come unto him, you know, then, then we can ask and say, Heavenly Father, I want my kids to have these experiences. What can I do? And and as you experiment upon the word, as you experiment upon some of the things that we talk about in these podcasts, you'll find that, that the Lord will teach you individually how to help your children because it is an individual matter. It takes time one by one. 
And while we can teach principles and we can teach ideas, the actual learning process has to be individual. Um, no, Lindsay, I, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, um, have you had a, an instance in your home where, um, well, let me just back up just a little bit, because if we finish the rest of this story as these, these children, um, were blessed and, and Christ blessed them one by one, um, the scriptures tell us that the children opened their mouths and they uttered marvelous things. And I know for myself that I have been taught by my children many, many times. I think that I'm the one that's doing the teaching or I'm the one that are bringing them unto Christ. But there's been many times that my children have taught me certain lessons. And so I guess I just want to ask you if there's something that you comes to your mind of when your children have taught you. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind is, um, this was probably a year and a half or more ago now. No, yeah, I don't, anyway, a while ago. And, but we were talking about, um, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the kids talked about how, you know, Jesus prayed for me because he loved me, is what one of them said. I think it was my, I think she was probably four at the time. Jesus prayed for me because he loves me. Um, and I said, that's excellent. So how can you show love to others? And she says, well, I can pray for them. And starting from that very day, her and all of my kids have prayed for each other individually. Uh, pretty much every prayer, they, they, they ask to help each other and to help me and Scott even. And that was, they've taught me about the power of praying for people individually. Um, and it's something I'm working on. I think that I don't always pray very, so specific you know, for specific things, for specific people all the time. And um, and they've taught me that. And there's been power in our family that we have seen as we've prayed individually for each member of our family. Instead of just saying, you know, help keep us all safe. It's, you know, help Evelyn with this. Help Katie with this. Help Brookie with this. Help me and Scott and Sarah with this. Um, and that's been, that's been really powerful. But my children are that example to me. Because they just have taken that and they never forget. Hmm. That's a wonderful story. Yeah. So you thought that you were teaching them about Christ in the garden of Gethsemane and they actually ended up teaching you something just as important. I, and then that happens all the time as we bring our children unto Christ, as we help create these experiences that shape their lives and um, they will become converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, I just had a, a, a story just recently. So um, I have a daughter that's on a mission right now, and she was sharing this experience with me. She says her and a few other missionaries were at the church. They were having a planning meeting, and two young adults came, two young men, probably about 20 or so, came to the church, and they says, hey, we'd love to talk to you guys about your church. Do you have a few minutes? And of course, being missionaries, they were all excited. They're like, yeah, come on, we'll make time to, to visit with you. And and so these two young men came in and um, they started talking to the missionaries and started telling them why what they were doing was wrong and how they were misinformed and how the um, the things that they knew were not true. And they were using scriptures to back up what they were saying. And um, and they, for, for 40, 50 minutes, they sat there and um, 
tried to convince these young missionaries that they were fools and that they had been misled and that their way of thinking was wrong. And my daughter um, was just furious. She says, well, there wasn't anything that I could say to refute what they said. She says, it was really a frustrating experience. She says, but the scariest thing, mom, was that had I not had the experiences that I've had in my life, I could have been swayed by what they had to say because their arguments were that good. But because of the experiences that I had had and the experiences that I've had personally with my Savior, Jesus Christ, I knew that they were wrong. And as soon as they left, those elders and those sisters knelt down. And she says the spirit had so long ago left and it left them with a dark and a yucky feeling. But these elders and sisters knelt down and they um, said a prayer. And she says, as soon as they opened that prayer, the darkness and the awful feeling left them. And this feeling of peace overcame them. And, and she says, it just confirmed to me even more that what I was doing was right and that the Lord knew me, that he was real and that I was on the right path. And so that experience to me, um, when my daughter told me that, I just was so grateful that she had those experiences that gave her individually her own testimony to stand on. So when the time came for her testimony to be challenged, she knew where she stood and she was not swayed. And that's what personal experiences can do for our families. They can give them the strength to stand true when all logic and all sense would tell them they are wrong. I, that's such a great story. Um, and there's so much truth to it that it's these experiences that will get them through. Right. I think that's what we all want our children who can stand on their own, right. Who have their own testimony and aren't reliant on us as parents. Um, we want them to be future leaders of the church. We want them to be able to help, uh, you know, bring Christ, you know, prepare the world for Christ's coming again. We want them to have that own testimony that they know what's true and that can only come through these personal experiences. Um, I think that's what the story teaches us. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you, you pointed that out, that scripture out and said that we should turn this into an episode because I think that that's so true. Um, the way that we teach does matter, right? The way that we help bring our kids to Christ, it's not about the information, right? It's not about just reading the scriptures. The scriptures are important, but the reading itself is not what what converts us it's the coming unto christ and we have to help teach our children how to do that how to use the scriptures how to use prayer as a means as to come to christ um so mom can you just re quick review and tell us what what we learned what we talked about today what are what are the main points well the main points are pretty simple first of all i think that it starts with us coming unto christ ourselves and becoming per uh, converted personally once we are converted, we can convert others. We can help others. So the second step then is after we have, have come to Christ ourselves is to bring our children unto Christ by providing those opportunities for the Holy Ghost to teach them and to help them develop their own testimonies. Um, and as we do that, we pair it with prayer and we pray for ourselves and we pray for our children and we pray for those around us, but we, we ask for God's help in 
helping us have those experiences and helping us teach and to see where God is in our lives. And as we do that, then God can bless us and marvelous things are going to be happening such to the point that we won't even be able to recognize them all. Our joy will be full. So come unto Christ, bring your children with you as you come unto Christ and then pray for them. That's it. Love that. Um, yeah, remember that your teaching matters and we'll see you all next week. Bye everybody. Bye.